0: Shirp Radio's live lit and music series the first time is recorded at Martyrs in the North Center neighborhood. The theme this round was first class. Jen Larson is plays in the band Beastie. She contributes to writing Victim of Time, Please Kill Me, and more. She also draws comics and authors fiction for Pulp Odyssey, which she is called Earth's first newspaper from outer space. She teaches special ed for Chicago, which is really important. And she's working on a draft for her first book. You can find links at disappearingmedia.com. Big round of applause for Jen Larson. I was a horrible student, Um, so naturally I became a teacher. (laughs) In elementary school, I did all right um, if I liked my teachers. If I didn't, I was kind of a jerk. Um, I had been diagnosed with ADD in third grade. Um, My mom was a paranoid nurse, so she was getting me tested for every disorder and disease. Um, But I'd been diagnosed with ADD in third grade, um, but I always got decent grades, so my mom didn't want to uh, medicate me. This ADD showed up a lot though, and uh, by junior high, I'd figured out some tricks. I figured out how to pay the least amount of attention and get the best grades. Instead of paying attention, some of my activities included, uh, one, talking to anyone near me. I would talk through entire class periods. I was that person um, I'm pretty sure people would avoid sitting next to uh, if they wanted to pay attention. Uh, Two, being an avid note passer. Um, by eighth grade, I had figured out a really incredible way to pass notes by wrapping them inside uh, my pen around the ink chamber and like passing them down the row. Three, drawing comics and writing songs. Um, I filled entire margins of lined paper with what I imagined would be a mural or an album cover. Uh, four, using the hall pass. I used it at least once every class, twice if I could get away with it, and you know what, I always had somewhere to go. Uh, the bathroom, another teacher needed to talk to me. I had an appointment with uh, this counselor or that counselor. Or like Elton and Clueless, my foot hurt. <laughs> Instead of doing work, some of my shortcuts to maintain good grades um, included copying homework. Uh, when you do this, you need to uh, get a few answers wrong or write it very differently than your friends so uh, you don't give yourself away. Um, B. B. Spark notes. C, shamefully straight up cheating. Um, This is the most deceitful thing I've ever done. um, And I just want everyone to know before I tell this little story that um, I have grown from this experience. (laughs) So in middle school, uh, a friend of mine and I found a floppy disk with our history teacher's tests on it. Um, We took the floppy disk saved the test to another floppy disk and then put the original floppy disk back on his desk and then distributed the test to our friends <laughs> to be fair that teacher didn't teach anything and would expect us to magically know it by the test so um okay i feel really bad i'm really sorry <laughs> I feel like i could lose my job for that um so instead of following rules some of my strategies included uh this is rule breaking, so. Uh, folding instead of tucking my shirt in. Um, I went to a Catholic middle school and anyone who did probably knows this trick where so you like fold your shirt so it looked like you tuck it in. Two, making my teacher laugh um, or just like me in some way because I wouldn't get in trouble as often. Uh, three, enjoying detention. If I wanted to be there, it wasn't a punishment. In high school, I wasn't as bad. Um, I did fine, but I had decided that socializing was way more important than my grades. And I didn't really care if I didn't understand something in like biology or chemistry, because I was going to be a writer. And as we know, writers notoriously do not understand science. All I really cared about was that my creative writing teachers loved me, and they did. But the college prep writing teacher hated me. We were arch enemies. I talked too much during her class, and she subtracted 40 points from one of my essays for improper comma usage. But because I'm a rebel, and I hate being told I can't do something, uh, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm literally gonna do anything I can to do that thing. So in an act of rebellion, I went out and got a bunch of standardized test practice booklets. I cracked them open every night, and as follows, I aced the grammar portion of the ACT. Shortly thereafter, a creative writing teacher helped me submit some of my poetry, and I got four poems published in a book. And in my final act of disobedience, I won a writing award at my high school graduation, and that college prep writing teacher had to stand next to the person who handed it to me. <laughs> in college, I uh, kept up my creative antics. They were working, so why not? Um, I still sucked at paying attention. Um, my ADD had transmuted into a three-headed beast of attention issues, some partying issues, and depression. But since um, I had spent my whole life in school perfecting all my strategies, I was obliged to use them. I was an English major, and I got distracted while, while reading anything unless it was like a short story or a poem or someone I had a crush on wanted to read together. One day, the professor of my mandatory Shakespeare class, who studied at Oxford, she reminded us every day, called me into her office. She slapped one of her essays down on her desk and in an arrogant British accent that I cannot do very well, said, this is terrible. As I squirmed in the chair across from her, I knew she was right. It was true of my writing in every academic class. Maybe it's because I enjoy self-deprecating humor. Maybe it's because I felt clever for getting away with bsing my way through all of school until this point. And even though I knew it was uncalled for, there was something I really respected and kind of enjoyed about her surly attitude. "'I saw you won a poetry contest recently,' she said, eyeing me. "'Yeah,' I responded, my tail between my legs. "'Well, your creative writing must be much better than your academic writing.' she pronounced cruelly, staring into my soul. Deep down, I agreed. I couldn't be offended because I knew it was true. And none of my other teachers had the courage to d- say it directly to my face. So here's the thing. I haven't mentioned this until this point because it doesn't make sense in this context, but in the back of my head, I always knew I was going to be a teacher. Um, it was something I just knew. And, um, but at this point in my life, I couldn't even consider the possibility. Um, my dad was a teacher. And that was just like what a dad does. And as a BSing, cheating, lying ass, free spirit, I didn't want to follow rules. And teachers do rules. Um, I wanted to be creative. I wanted to break rules. Being a writer was a perfect job for my personality, even if I wasn't very good at it. Being a teacher was the opposite of my personality. For one, teachers wake up at the crack of dawn, and I'm a night owl. I loathe waking up early. Two, teachers have hundreds of thousands of papers to file and keep data on, and I'm hella disorganized. I'm much better now, but (laughs) it took a long time. (laughs) Third, teachers are confident, and they know a lot, and I have always called my skills and abilities into question, and clearly so has everyone else. And as those things added up, and this voice in my head was telling me that I was going to be a teacher got louder and creepier, I had to fight with it. So I took a string of odd jobs after graduating college, um, and I always held on to them by a thread. If I wasn't disobeying my boss, I was showing up late, talking through my shift, miscounting the register. I worked at restaurants, at a rock shop, a garden store. I sold blood transfusion devices for some reason. And I don't know who let me do this, but I did some accounting work. (laughs) That person... uh, Um, gave me a recommendation on LinkedIn for the accounting work. (laughs) It's the only recommendation I have. Um, Finally, when I was 25, I got a job working for Groupon. Like maybe some people here? No, all right, well, one. One. Just one? Uh (laughs) You might get some of this then. Um, At first I thought, cool, I get to write weird jokes. Mm and sit on a computer all day, surrounded by a bunch of, like, sexy people, and we're all secretly chatting each other and flirting and making out in the parking garage under the building. Maybe it was just me. Maybe. (laughs) And, like, if we're just going to, you know, need to survive and pay bills and live in this callous capitalist machine, this is the dream. That feeling lasted a few months before I was officially over it and uh, called to teach. And when you're called to do something, you know. The moment I knew I was called to teach was when I got fired from Groupon. (laughs) I got fired apparently for missing a 10 a.m. meeting, one of those meetings that like everyone missed and you could just like get notes on from one of the four people there. My new boss, a guy who was three years younger than me, who had an Ivy League school education, a smarmy nasally voice and really annoying curly hair, had literally just been given the power to fire people a week before this. He called me into an office, told me his decision to fire me, and I was escorted out of the building by a security guard. I heard that guy that fired me quit three months later to attend law school. Like he's the type of fair and judicious person we want practicing law. As embarrassing as it was and as unfair as it felt, I took the experience as a sign that I needed to focus my energy elsewhere. That this world doesn't need more power-hungry middle managers, more manipulative business practices, more merciless lawyers or condescending teachers. What we need is compassion, people willing to put in time and energy to fight for our future. So I decided that with all the difficult things going on in this world, with all the injustice, social inequality, shady capitalism, racism and sexism, there was absolutely no reason for me to be wasting energy writing bizarre ad copy for cotton candy and colon cleanses. So that week, my first week of unemployment, I listened to my heart or my head or whatever was talking to me, and I finished my application to a teaching certification program. After getting accepted through the first round, I went to a eight hour interview. Um, And somehow I, a terrible student, a BSer who couldn't maintain a simple restaurant or office job with purple hair and an eyebrow piercing got in. That's how badly we need teachers. (laughs) And the irony of all of this is, after not being able to deal with these easy jobs, I've been teaching special ed in Chicago public schools ever since. That means I've now had eight years of first classes, first classes of the year, first classes of the semester, first classes of the week, first classes of the day. It hasn't been easy. The person who couldn't make it to a 10 a.m. meeting has to wake up before 7 a.m., and I've been doing that for eight years. If you know me, or live with me, or have dated me, you hate me. But really, I've worked in cross-cat classrooms with kids across three grade levels with various and sometimes multiple disabilities. I've taught five subjects to 18 students with one eight in the room. One year I was relocated to a different school in the middle of the year. I've been in rooms where kids curse at me or each other or throw desks or try to jump out the window. One time a kid slammed a door that my hand got caught in and then I was asked by the principal but refused to call the cops. I got a death threat from a parent um, who hit her child in front of me because I called DCFS. So I wouldn't say this job is like cushy um, or easier than you know, these other jobs I couldn't handle. I'm just better at it. And I'm better at it because I wasn't an amazing student because I had a really hard time paying attention and I know what it's like to be told that I suck at something. My dad, who was a school principal, always told me he hated hiring teachers who came out of college with 4.0s because they didn't know what it was like to struggle. So I see myself in the kids, and I do what I can to help steer them in the right direction, to help them focus, to break down complicated material, to not listen to people telling them that they can't do it. Kids are amazing and hilarious, and I have so many stories about them that I can't fit into this time here. But, um, you know, I, I love to tell those stories. Um, But I will tell you that I know I'm on the right path. Um, In January, I started my first class of grad school to get a master's of special education. Um, So while I work full-time at a high school, I'll be preparing for 12 more first classes of my own, because that's how many I need to graduate. It's like trying to do. (laughs) Um, Some of these uh, classes are online, so I don't know if opening a browser counts as a first class, but I'm going to count it. Um, Oh, and I just want to brag for a second. Um, In January, I got a book deal. So those writing teachers who told me I suck, and that editor boss at Groupon who you know, basically told me I suck, can suck it. Thank you. We don't need no thought control No dark sarcasm in the classroom A teacher leave them kids alone All in all you're just a, another brick in the wall. All in all you're just a, another brick in the wall. Dark sarcasm in the classroom Another brick in the wall Wrong, do it again Wrong, do it again again. If you don't eat your meat You can't have any pork